Sorry, I haven't had a beer since like last week we did this. <laughs> All right. <laughs> All right, Tim, what do you have? What, what are you drinking today? Or what, did you bring anything to the table? Just air, man. Just, just air. Just air. Just air. air. Is, 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 that the, is that the stuff coming out of like what was supposed to be where your brain is? Or is yeah. that just. I'm on step five, man. You oh, you're on step five. Oh, on step five. Oh. Wow, that's really quick for like two weeks. Yeah, well, it's my first day, and I'm on step five. So. You're just that good. Just that good. Overachiever. All right. What are well, you congratulations drinking? Congratulations on step five. I'm gonna go back step three tomorrow. What are you drinking? Uh, so last week I had a polliner, and I still can't do this last one. I'm gonna try it. Munchin. Uh, last week was polliner. I, I'm doing the same thing. This one's the Oktoberfest. Um, it's a Marzen. Uh, I'm pretty excited about it. Uh, I'm interested in the Marzen. So let's see. Uh, let's see what we got here. You know, Oktoberfest in Helen, Georgia is the coolest, coolest place to oh, be. Oh yeah, loved it. We we got a cabin there one time. Oh, that was such a blast. You ever done that, Matt? Uh, no, I haven't. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> it's an interesting Marzen. So. It's very light, not a ton of flavor, um, a little sour. Uh, I'm going to be honest. It's not my favorite. It's a good, like, you know, summer beer sitting on like the lawn, kind of just shooting the crap kind of thing. Um, yeah. 5.8% alcohol. It's, it's, uh, it's not bad. It's just, I, I think I expected more for Pauliner. Okay. They really, yeah. they really got my uh, hopes up with the, the Doppelbach last week. You know, Andy, Matt, I'm oh. sorry. I, I, I got to go into this real quick. Since you're drinking out Oktoberfest beer. Mm. Um, one year, I went to Helen for Oktoberfest. It was actually my first year there, right? And uh, if you guys know anything about Helen, Georgia, it's a uh, it's a barbarian-style town, town in northeast Georgia that is meant to look like uh, the Black Forest area of Germany. And nobody there's actually German, maybe a couple of people. And the town wasn't actually built on German people. But so my first year there, I go out to drink, but I saw these beef jerkies made from Carolina Reaper. I was like, oh, this is a great oh. idea to eat this whole bag. Dude, <laughs> I shat in every single toilet in Helen, Georgia that day <laughs> that I, I can't even tell you if Oktoberfest was going on that day because that's all I did. I went from the oh, end of the street oh. and like I visited every single fucking toilet. <laughs> And I shat in every single toilet, and I did it for the rest oh of the night. I, I remember this story because I bought you on I, I Amazon. Right, that's you. right. You did. Buy me <laughs> right. Like so, toilet, toilet hopping. Yeah. So, so, uh, so, how does it taste now that we've talked about that? Uh, I know you don't like it too much, right? Yeah, I'm not a huge fan. Uh, it, it's more sour than I expected, um, but it's super light, like super light. If you're looking for a light beer that you can just get through the day with like this is this is the way to go um it's much better than i mean any budweiser so take that yeah. no i mean I, I i can't i i should say my hesitation is because i had high expectations after doppelbach but this is a good beer overall it's a good okay. beer nice what about you matt what do you got okay so i bought the same beer at the same place i bought my other beer the aggressive co beer at uh, cold storage. This is called the uh, Connor's Stout Pour, uh, Stout Porter. And I've already drank this. I got bought a uh, four pack 
recently, and I actually really like it. But um, I didn't realize until after my second beer that apparently I'm supposed to shake this beer before drinking it. Yeah, shake vigorously. Shake vigorously. So yeah. let's do that before I drink this. Harder. Harder. Oh, yes. That's not how most guys shake their cans, by the way. Really? Oh, that's supposed to be a can? Is it? Right? <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. You, do people do normally this. shake their you beers? Do this. <laughs> oh, there way. you go. Uh, okay. There's, so there's, it's supposed to shake until you don't hear any more sounds. So, and it helps. Before uh, you open this, a long time ago, Matt and I used to live in the same apartment. He uh, he had never had chopped up um, habaneros before. Uh, this was a fun time. So he decided that he was going to chop up habaneros. Our kitchen was like mm, 10 feet by 3 feet and pretty enclosed. So he's chopping up habaneros. I see the cutting board. I see him pulling it out. I like, I beeline it outside that freaking kitchen. And then I wait like 5, 10 minutes and I just hear this incessant coughing going on in the kitchen, and i just start laughing i can't i can't stop laughing and matt has no idea what's going on Why like, please open the, the beer up matt i'm curious what happens now okay okay so but maybe i uh okay i was gonna point away from me but then let's get on my computer all right let's see how it goes oh my god <laughs> <laughs> that's a very creepy <laughs> <laughs> did, did you, did you yeah, open man. it all the way? No. <laughs> For our listeners, uh, there's just head going everywhere. <laughs> no, I didn't even open it all the way. Okay, there we go. Okay, it's okay. It's okay. We're safe. Okay. It's supposed to allow it to have a shake until no sound to get a creamy head. <laughs> Guys, 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 we're old enough. Don't laugh at this. Very creamy. <laughs> That's some creamy head. <laughs> it's nice. Oh, I like it. <laughs> you know, I think we're starting to see that you have a style. You, you gravitate towards a style of darker, heavier bodied uh, beers. Is that right? Yeah, that's that's true. I, I I tried to find them when I where I can in Singapore. It's, it's hard to find. But you don't like Guinness. <sighs> For some reason, I, I went through phases with Guinness. I didn't like it. I liked it for a while. Then I tried other stout beers, and then I didn't like it. <laughs> now, when, when you say you like Guinness, and then you didn't like Guinness, you didn't go from, like, draft to can, right? Because the can doesn't taste the same as draft. No, no I, usually, I, usually drink, I usually drink the can uh, Guinness beers. And uh, there's, like, two or three different varieties of Guinness, right? Well... Yeah, yeah. Nitro, the... the nitro one, right? Oh, you're talking about Guinness specifically. Yeah, nitro. They have the Guinness Blonde, and then they have the Guinness. I think that's it. I think it was great. the Guinness Nitro where I wasn't a big fan of. I thought I would like it more, but yeah, uh, Guinness is the OG though, man. It's it's just it's yeah. the best out there. I mean, when you're not hungry for dinner, boom, Guinness. Boom. Well, I mean, you're exactly. Good. But the the great thing about Guinness is that you can drink it any time of the day because of the the low alcohol content compared to like you know uh, IPA or something else. Guinness like was the OG intermittent fasting drink. 
Uh, well, you know, we also had our time with Blue Moon too. Remember at uh, the oh, old God. Hideaway Cafe. I'm not sure if that was a time as much as that was like an era, era. live. <laughs> <laughs> you know, speaking of drinking, man, um, dude, the best time to have a beer when beer after a good run, right? Oh God! Oh yeah. yes! Oh yeah! yeah. Uh, like an an ice cold one too. Oh yeah. So yeah, that's 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 good. So I want to. This is going to be fun because I, I'm I'm going to. Uh, force matt into the spotlight even though this isn't uh his episode because i kind of want to talk about what it's like to get into running um what things to look out for um and how like your mind might be focused on particular things to uh, to uh to improve even though it shouldn't be so matt how long how long have you how long ago did you start running Again, I, think uh, I, I should back up. You used to play soccer, like hardcore soccer. Um, right. You went into a physically demanding job, and then you kind of went bench warmer for a while before starting back up running. So yeah. you, you have a history of physical fitness. Yeah, I actually really enjoy fit, physical fitness, and I kind of get it from my father, who is actually a per, he was a semi-professional um, bodybuilder. And when I was in soccer, I was one of the fastest in the league. And then when I was in the military, we had to run almost every day. And then when I was in Cambodia, I actually also was like super fit at one point where I was like doing one arm pull-ups. Uh, that was a, the peak of my life right there when it comes to yeah, fitness. Yeah, when you're not eating and you weigh like buck <laughs> 10, I'm sure that's... Yes. <laughs> yeah, I, I used to weigh 140 pounds and eat like 20 crystal burgers. Oh, yeah. <laughs> small, yeah. Yeah, small mini burgers. Yeah. That reminds me of home. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, uh, but what was your question again? So, what? like, how long ago did you start running? Oh, so I started running about uh, almost two months ago. Okay. And it was difficult. But so, so walk this... me through. Walk me through. Like, when you started your first run to now, how has your focus changed? Like, when you did your first run, what were you concentrating on to improve versus now? When I first started running, I was just happy just running. <laughs> mm-hmm. My fitness was bad. I, because of my job, I sit at my desk all day, every day. And because of COVID, we don't go out to the mall, the stores. So I was very out of shape uh, to the point where I started feeling tingling at my fingers, mm-hmm. started feeling a tingling at my feet. And I'm like, uh, what's wrong with me? <laughs> do I have diabetes or something? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I was like, I need to do something. And then I just went ahead and then I asked my wife for some money to buy a nice uh, Garmin watch. And I never bought a real fitness watch before besides a Fitbit a long time ago. So you and bought the watch my... before you started running? I bought the watch before I started uh-huh. running. Was that to guilt trip yourself to make sure? Yes, it was. Yes. I bought the Garmin 945. Okay. And uh, I was debating about between buying this and then in the L- 945 LTE. But I'm pretty happy with this so far. And it can play music and everything. And um, it's fun. Uh, I, but I bought this as a per- kind of like permanent reminder because every time I, I look at my watch to see the time, I'm like, oh, it's a Garmin watch. I spent so much money on this. I need to run. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, but yeah, when I first started, the hardest part for me was just getting up out of the chair breaking out of my habits to just start running. But once I actually, you know, ran, got on the, the track, the, 
and then just started running. It felt great. It felt amazing. Okay. It's like, yeah. So for me, was that, was that like the first day out? You're like, you know what? I enjoy this. Yeah, it was. Oh, it God. was. I am envious of you. The first time I went out running, I was like, I hate my life. I hate everything. I don't really? want to talk to anybody. Kill That's because me now. he's lying. That is lying. <laughs> if he's telling us he likes his first day of running, he's lying. <laughs> There's. I'm just it's, so surprised you enjoyed it, man. No, it's one it. of two things. I, I, <laughs> You're either lying or you didn't run. You probably didn't run. Probably, probably didn't run as much. <laughs> <laughs> probably nothing like you guys, but... But for me, I have always liked fitness. Like no matter what I did, I mean, besides running was my least favorite out of all the things I, I the most I, I love is running and then, or not running on bicycling and then swimming. You know what? But I, I always liked I've fitness. I've ever seen you bicycling. No, nope, oh, I, I love it. I've ever seen you do it. Interesting. When I was, when I was in Cambodia, that's that was our main mode of transportation in 110 oh, yeah. degree weather was biking every day. <laughs> yeah. And, so, and I cannot, and I cannot bike slow. I need to bike fast. So, so with running, when you, when you, uh, I guess you enjoyed it. That's bizarre. So what were you focused on? Like, as soon as you hit the road, were you just trying to get miles underneath your feet or were you staring at your watch and um, constantly trying to make sure you were hitting a certain metric? What, what were you doing? Well, the, the, what the first time was because I bought the Garmin watch and I was experimenting with it. And I was, I had with, I have no knowledge of like running properly. Even now I'm, I'm still learning, but even at that 10, I was at step zero. And so I decided to go with one of their fitness training programs uh, with uh, Jeff Galloway. And I figured, okay, I'll give it a try, put it on. And, and the, the, the first week they wanted you to take it easy just run a little bit and that was it i was like huh is that it i only ran i ran for maybe like less than a few minutes <laughs> with mm -hmm. the training program and i wanted to run more that's how i felt like i was like okay <laughs> but i was like I, okay i'll trust i'll trust the garmin watch <laughs> and just stick with the plan and i and i stuck with it for a few weeks and i felt pretty similarly you know i okay i'll just this feels like tra training plan is a bit a bit uh slow for me but I'll, I'll stick to it. And then I had, I was forced to take a week off. And I was like, okay, I will just uh, do my own thing. So now That's I'm fair. just like, so now I've been trying my, the, I took a week off. And then after that, it's like, you know what? I'm going to jump to it. I'm going to do a 5k. <laughs> <laughs> and then it was, a, I didn't run all the way, obviously. So was, my it, level was it 5k because of the distance or was it 5k because you wanted to finish a 5k under a certain time? It was more I felt bad for because uh, in Singapore, they tell you when you take the first vaccine shot, which I did, mm -hmm. they say don't run for a week or don't do any fitness at all for a week. Oh, wow. It, I was not yeah. getting that. Yeah, at, at because uh, there, there was a kid who, who had the first vaccine shot and he, he was training hard. And then like on the sixth day, he was uh, taken to the hospital after doing heavy lifting. Uh, interesting correlation right there mm. yeah yeah so after that they're like okay no more no more fitness training during their first week so my family is very big uh, from, from, from uh, an n of one yeah from an n and one that's <laughs> yeah uh, i mean when when the country only has like you know a million people uh, yeah i'm just joking four, yeah four, it has more than a million before everybody's 14 million at me yeah 14 million barely over a million 
Um, yeah, so, okay, then let's juxtapose this. Tin, how did you start off running? Like, what were you focused on? Um, suffering. Right? Right. So, you know, you and Steph actually just happened to help me get into running when I was considering running. Uh, I'd been in the gym. I'd been a gym rat for many years of my life, and I felt like I was in a plateau. And, uh, you know, resistance training and increasing resistance is one thing, and hitting PR every few months or once or twice a year is it's fun, right? But it's, it's hardly suffering. Um, you get used to lifting the weights. And even though it gets difficult to add on an additional two, three, four, five pounds, once you get to a certain point, it just doesn't hurt anymore. You, you, you guys remember the first time you lifted weights and then you had the delayed onset muscle soreness the day after or two days I'm after. I'm still in pain. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's painful. But the, the thing about running was that I, I wanted to find a way to, to hurt, to, to feel a certain level of discomfort that didn't cost me anything that would be important in my life. Right. And it just so happened to benefit me at the same time. So I wasn't running for distance. I wasn't running for speed. I remember when I first started running, the only thing that I, I cared about was trying to stay in motion. So I wanted to run, even though my jog at the time or my run at the time was slower than my walk was, but getting into that motion and that mindset of, you know, you got to do it you got to do it as, as for as long as possible without tiring out, you know, because when I first started running, I would drink water every single, maybe one twentieth of a mile, right? So now we can go miles and miles and miles without drinking ever. But, um, you know, at that time it was just, okay, I need to change. Uh, I need to feel discomfort. And even so today, and, you know, Andy, you know, we've ran many miles together. I still feel discomfort when I'm running. And I still enjoy it because of it. You know, I was out running with Phoenix this morning. I didn't even hit a mile with her, but we did feel discomfort. And that's that's what I look for. What about you, man? What did you? So so when I when I okay, so you you guys have both known me for a long time, and I used to have this phrase like, "Look, I'm in school. I'm focused on bettering my brain, making my mind stronger. I'm not going to work out." I was 250 pounds of pudge. And like 10 pounds of that was just straight alcohol. Um, <laughs> I got into running. You remember that? I, I mean, that's still now. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I got into running because uh, of, a, and I've said this before here, I got into running because of a health issue. Um, and uh, it wasn't, it wasn't like a huge health, health issue to me personally. And it, it didn't mean it, it might not even be a blip on other people's screens, but for me, uh, it was, I, I guess I would say a game changer. So I hit the treadmill and hit the track wanting to do something that wasn't, I guess, denying myself, uh, a life beyond 10 years, uh, denying myself, like the happiness that I could have. So I, I went in there and I started running and it wasn't for a distance. It was like, it was like you 10, it wasn't for distance. It wasn't for time. It was literally 
to prove to myself that I'm worth more than I think I am. And I, I, I went out there and every single time that I felt like I was about to collapse, I found myself yelling at myself, hey, you can go further. Like, is this where you quit? Is this the time that you say this is the best you can do? And I, I, I found myself saying no um, over and over and over again. And, you know, now, you know, we, we, we did our first ultra marathon. I got in the bag and now I'm, now I question myself and like, Hey, what's next what, what's there. And we, we, we talk about timings. We talk about paces, um, our cadence and whatnot. Um, but that, that's what, that's what struck me. And and while this wasn't going to be the focus of this episode, I, I do find this interesting. If you're getting into running, the reason why you get into running is your own, but never forget what it actually is. Never, never like let that go away. Like that's, that's your purpose. That that's, that's why you're there. Um, and keep it going. It, it might change a little bit, but, uh, like remember that's, that's why you're doing it, it whether it's running or whether it's any other kind of physical fitness. I think, um, I, go ahead. Oh, no, I was going to say, I think what helped me was that before I've gotten to running off and on over the years and my mentality before was always, you know, like, oh, okay, this is something I have to do, go out and run. You know, I'm, I'm out of shape. I need to go run. Let's go. But I think what's helped me is like changing my thinking about it, like my mentality of who I am. And I think what's helped me change was that, okay, running for now on for me is a permanent life change. It's a permanent thing for me. It's a permanent part of my life. I am a runner. That's what I told myself. I, I'm a runner. I do it. And I think that is, I think including that as part of my life as, a, as, as the same as like I eat, what, what I do is I eat every day, you know, mm-hmm. I, I also run every day or run every other day. Like, and I feel bad if now I feel bad if I don't run <laughs> on, on the day I'm supposed to run. I'm like, okay, I didn't run today. I was, but tomorrow I'm going to run. And then on that day, I was like, okay, I didn't run yesterday. Okay. Today I have to run you know, and just making that actually as a permanent part of my life. And then just thinking of it, it's like, it doesn't matter how hard I push myself. This is long as I'm out, like with, like you said before, off, off camera, you know, feet on the ground, as long as I'm on the yeah. field running, you know, it doesn't matter how much effort I put in, as long as I'm doing something it's better than not doing nothing. I feel like. Yeah. Yeah. No, I I'm, I'm a hundred percent with you. And it, something is always, always going to be better than nothing. Um, that said, I don't think the three of us, none of us actually get out there and just say, hey, no, today's the day I told myself I was going to go out there. We usually have a goal. Um, we all have different uh, amount of time that we've been in physical fitness. I think Tim's been in there way longer than Matt and I. But when it comes to uh, physical fitness in general, we come out there with a goal. With running in particular, um, Matt, what's your, what's your goal like this week, for example? Uh, my goal right now is uh, previously, because we're right now, all three of us, we're, we do weekly running challenges where we challenge ourselves to the total amount of kilometers. Uh, one of the previous weeks, 10 was at uh, um, 20 kilometers, and I was supposed to beat him that week, but I went out running with one of my friends. <laughs> and he, I asked him, hey, you want to do a 5K? And he's like, no. 
I don't want to do a 5K. <laughs> let's do 3K. 3K is fine for me. I was like, okay, let's do a 3K. <laughs> it's in miles for us, by the way. Oh, sorry. Uh, I am totally converted now. I... <laughs> so, so then I was, and I was, I was, I was attending on doing it anyway. Uh, so now I'm trying to beat that. I'm trying to get to 20 kilometers for the, the for as in total for the week. Oh, for the week. Okay, okay. Not for in the one 20, run. 20 kilometers. I was about to say yes. that, that's a, that's impressive from 5k to yeah. 20k. So so today today is Sunday. I have about five more k to go. <laughs> I'm at 15 right now. Oh, okay. Uh, that, that's going to be easy for me to beat. That's no, no worries. I'll do that tomorrow morning. <laughs> <laughs> but recently, you know, I I've been just trying to. My, my goal has been to keep a constant pace. I've been trying to experiment and trying to see where I can go with it. And I try to run around one hour, but that run hour is not a constant running is running, walking, running, walking. So how, how are you, how are you trying to improve? Like what, what are, what are you focused on? Right now I'm trying to improve on my, my pace and my cadence, just yeah. keeping a steady pace. And, and I'm trying to work on that. Despite my like 15, 20 minutes to get there, that's kind of the that's kind of the point that I wanted to bring up. Like pace is the very last thing that you focus on uh, when you're running, especially when you're new. Um, so the 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 number one thing is always going to be your form. It's like how are you landing on your feet, your positioning of your spine, like your positioning of your shoulders. Like you can get kind of hardcore with that kind of thing. But I, I feel like a lot of runners hit the road and they start focusing on pace so quickly that they end up with an injury. Um, it's not to say you're never going to get an injury, but your form means way more than your pace ever. Well, uh, I, I, at least personally, I think that, and from, from my experience, um, my goal when I first started was I focused on form, then I focused on cadence. Um, uh, then I focused on intake and then I, like pace was the very, very last thing that I focused on. I am not your Olympic runner. You know, recently I, I was able to uh, sprint as fast as they do their strolls. Special but, Olympics. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but uh, like it's, it's how you want to go through it. So if your pace, if your pace is your primary focus, you're going to end up hurting yourself because you're not focused on your form. You're not focused on your cadence, your cadence. I think people confuse all the time for pace. Your cadence is how often your feet touch the ground. It's steps per minute. Um, it used to be that you wanted 180 steps per minute, but nowadays uh, more studies are coming out saying, Hey, it's what your body's okay with. So it can be anywhere from 140 to 210 to depending on how you run. Um, and I think that, that, that that's, an, that's important when you're getting out on there, because what do you focus on? You shouldn't be focusing on your pace. And, and that, that was kind of the point of this episode. Like, Tim, what, what, what were you focused on when you started running? And what are you focused on now? Well, so I can't really say that I was focused on much at all when I, was, when I first started running, other than being consistent, right? Consistency was my biggest thing, uh, being that I had been a resistance weight trainer for so many years over probably two decades at that point that um, I always avoided that type of cardiovascular workout. So I needed to just be consistent at that point to always have that in my routine to where it became second nature. You know, I, I know that Matt just said that he, he considers himself a, 
runner now. I know a lot of runners consider themselves runners, but I, I don't consider myself a runner. Um, I, it, 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 like Matt, it's part of my life. It's part of eating. I don't call myself an eater or a pisser because I'm pissing every single day, right? It's when I want to go out and run, I run. Um, but what I'm focused on today is more of getting consistently better at being a powerful runner rather than a long distance runner or a, a, a certain type of race runner. Uh, because my goal in fitness is more than just about running. It's about also my size and my diet right now, where I'm trying to increase my size and have this cardiovascular lifestyle without losing so much weight. Because when I first started running, I started out about 210 pounds. I think by the time I got done with my first mountain trail run at, I think I finished at like 19 miles. Um, I was about 150 pounds and I didn't That's fit any of my clothes. Low. I, wow. you know, I, I didn't notice what I was looking at at the time and I lost a lot of strength as well. So today when I'm out on the trails or out on a road, I'm actually focused on the one mile mark, right? This is that how fast and how powerful can I run a mile and how much how fast can I recover after running that mile? You know, the thing about being new runners and getting back into fitness is that if you aren't careful, you're going to injure yourself pretty consistently. Uh, I'd spent many, many, many years training my body. And when I first started running, I was already attuned to what my body was like as far as recovering from pretty significant, you know, uh, other than just like soreness type of injury. And I learned how to nurse them to get myself back onto the road and run, even though I may still be injured or I'm recovering from an injury at, you know, from a fresh injury that I was able to consistently run and run past those pain points. And today, you know, I can, I can kind of really go ham or I can go for a nice easy zone two or zone three, which I think Andy, you can explain that later uh, type of running where, you know, it's, it's not, it, it, I can switch it up for my running, but my running right now are two folds, right? Number one is to become a pow more powerful runner because uh, after a back injury back in college, I lost a lot of mass in my legs. So I want to put mass back into my legs. And I know that putting mass back onto my legs will also help me become a more powerful runner. But at the same time, being a powerful runner will help the fast twitch muscles versus the slow twitch muscles, which you usually get in squats and leg presses and those kind of things. So I would be a more versatile person when it comes to like surviving an apocalypse. Right, because that's that's what we need running for. But but that's uh that's my thing. Is is that my my focus right now is building strength. Uh, and part of that is building strength through running. What about you, man? So so I I was with you like uh, when when you were talking about it. I you when you started, you said you were going for consistency. Uh, I did the same thing. Like I, I was wanting to be consistent in everything I did. This way, and I have reliable metrics to determine where I need to change. Um, unlike you, I had no idea what my body felt like. I, I didn't know what to expect, when to expect things. I had weird pains. I didn't know certain muscles even existed until they started hurting. Um, but it, it was just like going out there and learning. I, I will say, I think I had a large learning curve, a larger learning curve, maybe than uh, maybe you and Matt, because uh, at the end of the day, like 
I was not the physically fit person. Um, again, Matt, Matt remembers me from way back in middle school. I did one sport and it was for four months. Soccer. And yep, yeah. I've never done anything since then. I never did anything before then. Weren't you a goalie um, too? Do what? <laughs> Weren't you a goalie as well? No, 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 no. I was, I was a uh, uh, defense, left defense. Yeah, I was yeah, left, left defense. defense. And then I was, I was changed to center defense because apparently I did a good job. But God, that killed my lungs. Anyway, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, so uh, yeah, I, I I went from consistency um, to figure out what my body is and, and understanding what your body does under stress uh, at certain speeds um, uh, makes a whole heck of a lot of difference. Like Matt, I was so focused on the metrics for my watch. Uh, I have a Garmin 235. I was so focused on the metrics for my watch that I wasn't paying attention to a lot of what my body was doing. And it took me, I think it was a conversation with Tin that made me realize I have to focus a lot more on my core. Um, and then I, I focused more just like I spent a day or two a week just on weight training. I spent an extra day on a different cardiovascular activity. Uh, usually it was biking. And then I spent the rest of the days minus one on running. So I was working out six days a week. I took one rest day. Um, and then I, I think a year into it, I was running a 5k every single day. Um, and that was honestly on my lunch while I was at work, we had a gym in the basement. I just go to the basement I'd run a 5k super convenient for me. Uh, but the cardio, I mean, the, uh, the core workouts, I think mm -hmm. ended up making the biggest difference, really the, the weight training and understanding, uh, what tin was talking about and i'm going to bastardize it but the the, the twitch muscles like the explosion workouts the, the getting to the point where you your your muscles are reacting to the in in the way that you want them to i i think ends up making your run more consistent and it, the more consistent it is the better you can take you you can uh uh change your runs to um improve whatever metrics you want to improve um, so I say that and, and instead of passing it to you, Matt, because I know you started running two months ago, um, I'm going to pass it back to 10, 10, when you started running and you decided to, um, uh, move more into the, the weight training arena, what, what areas did you focus on the most? And then like, what workouts did you find improved your running the most? Uh, so stability, right? So core is the number one stability um, uh, section that you need to work out on, or at least, uh, that really helped me improve my running. Uh, the other one was, uh, stability in my leg joints, like my ankle. So, you know, when you're walking around on a daily basis or your weight training, the way your ankle moves, it's pretty unidirectional as far as, you know, uh, going up and down like this, when you're running, especially when you're trail running, your ankles are moving in a like a multi-axis type movement. Mm -hmm. And this isn't something that, you know, most weight trainers work on. Right. And when I first started to run trails and start attempting ultra runs, I saw how weak my ankles were. I saw how weak my hips were. I saw how weak my knees were because those were areas that needed a lot of reinforcement, especially around the tendon areas and, you know, uh, the places where 
like if you if you took your ankle your foot and you move it left to right that's kind of an unnatural movement unless if you're running into trails so those were areas that i was really weak at and that's what i focus on to become a better runner because i when i tried and attempted to run the uh mystery mountain marathon which was in chatsworth georgia i think i was only maybe six months into running uh to do a 28 mile trail run right trail run i made about 19 miles but where i failed were all these joints and the other thing was is that you know as a non-runner, you think that running downhill is the easiest thing to do. But I can tell you that when you get on a mountain, they're running downhill. It's the last thing you want to do. It destroys your knees. It destroys your quads. It's one of the most difficult movements to make. And who, who'd ever thought, right? You go to gym, you train on a treadmill. You don't get a chance to train, go downhill. Right. This isn't, this isn't something mm. you get to do. So, you know, that's, that's one of the toughest things is that, um, it, it reinforcing those, those really small accessory muscles that you don't think of when you're doing compound lifts. And even when you're doing isolation movement, you're doing it for the much larger muscles rather than these kind of things. Right. And, and even these things are important because when you're running, man, the, the way they hang can really bother the way that your form is when you're running, because I, you, you guys know this, Andy, I know you know this because I consider you a running athlete. The, the way you put your head, the way you hold your head when you're running oh, yeah. can make a tremendous difference on how your back feels mm -hmm. when you're mm -hmm. running. So, yep. you know, there are a lot of things that I had to include in my uh, strength training regimen to become a better runner. But, you know, the, the most important one, was really consistently running because I, I don't know if you remember, there was that one point where I, I went out and I did eight K's for eight days just to kind of see how oh, yeah. that was. I remember that. Yeah. That was impressive. Yeah. 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 Eight, K's, yeah. eight K's, eight days. Yeah. Eight yeah. K's for eight days. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. That's your next challenge, Matt. You yeah. got to do that. So, <laughs> so Matt, you're, you're two months in, so uh, I I'm, I'm going to give you a lot of leeway if, if you don't have an answer to this, but are you doing anything outside of running to improve your running? whether it's diet or strength training or other cardiovascular activities? Not really, but I realized as I'm running, I need to incorporate more. Uh, like you said, I need to incorporate more core, core strength training. You, and lately I've been, oh, go ahead, go ahead. And, and my calf muscles, my calf muscles have been killing me lately. And I feel like that's been the weakest point for me. It's just like my, my endurance is there now. My, I feel like at least, and my heart can keep up. At least according to my watch, but my, my muscles are it's very painful. <laughs> can, and I'm trying make, to run. Can I make it. a guess and tell me if I'm way off base because I really want to know. When you run, you like landing on your toes. Actually, no, I don't. I you don't. Where do you land? I try to land on the flat of my feet. You try to, but where do you land? Uh, if you land on the flat of your feet, your calves wouldn't hurt. Really? Yeah. Probably then, probably towards the end of my toes. Then, if you want to say that. Okay, okay. I, I think I think it's because your your calves are doing most of your your running, and and right. like like Tin was saying, um, I, I think you, you'd probably benefit from like squats or lunges and whatnot, right. and adding into your routine, especially on your um, and and if you if you don't want to add an entire strength day. You can do what I used to do and add it into the middle of your run. So I used to like, I'd run for a mile and we had this nice little, uh, local park 
uh, with, with a little training area inside, but we, I'd run for a mile. I'd go inside the park and I would pause my watch and I would just do, um, lunges for like a quarter mile around the thing. Really? Yep. And then come back out and then start my watch back up again and finish the run. I hate and, and the squats, I mean, the, the squats, the lunges, they, they make a huge difference, especially yeah. on your speed. Um, and, and, you know, I, it, if you can't get to a gym, buy one of those BOSU balls. You don't have the little blue bouncy balls, but the, the, yeah. the half of it is flat. Yep. That way you can do side squats, lateral squats, whatever else it is. And it really works on your stability, right? It's not just for the stability of your legs, but when you're working with both legs on that BOSU ball, it also works on your core. So you get a lot of calisthenics uh, and a lot of uh, benefits on those types of accessory muscles when you're using one of those things it's kind of cool to work out with yeah I, I, i've been trying to i've been trying to incorporate a lot more uh, dynamic stretches before mm-hmm. running and i feel like that's helped out a lot i didn't <laughs> i didn't realize how much of an impact that would have but just like so the difference between dynamic and static stretching is like static is uh when you're just staying in one place and you're just holding up your leg or your muscles in one place for a while versus dynamic is where you're moving constantly like moving your leg back and forth back and forth left to right left to right so i've been doing a lot of those um type of stretches even though i look kind of silly going up and doing it but <laughs> I, w- I wouldn't worry about so much looking silly the fact that you're out there the 90 percent of the people that would judge you aren't out there they're behind their computers <laughs> uh be- so yeah I-, I wouldn't worry about that too much i like uh i, I this is a good time to segue into zone three running if you're zone three, when we talk about zones, we're talking about how fast your heart rate is. And uh, each, depending on your age, each zone has a certain range. Um, for me personally, I believe it's like 125 to 145 is zone three, and zone three is right in the middle. There's five zones. Uh, it doesn't start from zone one, it starts from zone zero. Zone zero to zone five. Uh, zone five is your peak heart rate. Zone four is like your anaerobic. Zone three is like aerobic um, uh, kind of training. Uh, you'll you'll want to stay a lot of the times in that zone three. And the zone three isn't a hard workout. And that's the point. A lot of zone three training for running allows you to sustain a heart rate and trains your heart to uh, to moderate itself. So um, as you're running, you have uh, multiple things that might increase stress in your body, whether it's mental or physical, and both of those, whether it's mental or physical, increases your heart rate. If you psych yourself out, your heart rate's going to go up. If you start climbing up a hill, your heart rate's going to go up. If you start going down a hill and you're worried about falling, your heart rate's going to go up. So if you know when you're going downhill, that your cadence is going to be the same, regardless if you go uphill or downhill, uh, you can help control that like mental area. Mm -hmm. So getting to the point that you can do zone three running, despite you going uphill or downhill requires a lot of control for your body and understanding how your body reacts and um, uh, adjusting accordingly. The reason why zone three running is so good is because figuring out how to modulate your heart makes you run longer. Uh, it doesn't make you run too much faster. If you do zone three running for a long period of time, you will eventually run faster because your cardiovascular health will improve uh, greatly over time. But zone three running helps you run longer, uh, much, much longer. You won't tire out. 
you can find if you if you sprinted one mile, more than likely you're not going to be able to go much more than a mile because you're going to be gassed out. But if you jogged one mile, you can go faster. Now imagine if you stayed at zone three and you kept an eye on your heart rate, you can go 10 miles and still feel like you can do more. It's not about whether or not you have the strength to do 10 miles. It's whether or not you can control your heart enough to do 10 miles. And most of that is a mental game. Right. There's, I should say that for me, most of that is a mental game. A lot of runners think that it's not a mental game. It's about controlling uh, how, you how you approach a run. Um, so find out where you are with that. And you, know, you can find other articles in that, in that regard. What about for people who are, I'm oh, sorry, no, no, people who are for like people like me who are very out of shape and right now, any amount of running is very strenuous on my body, like especially with like my muscles and stuff like that. My muscles are just not used to running and it's difficult to, to stay in that. Like, how, what, what would you suggest? So I, I think if, if you're, if you're at the point where you enjoy running and you're, you're having issues trying to stay in zone three because you get to zone five quickly. Um, I would suggest like probably two things. One, change your diet. Two, when you go out, only spend one to two days a week actually getting above zone four. Most of your runs should be at zone four or zone three. If you need to feel like, hey, I'm sprinting, I'm doing awesome, this is, feels good, I got to go fast for like a full mile and you want to do that zone five running, don't get me wrong. I do it too. I love it. It feels good. The pace feels good. And when you see that, when you see that number on there and you see how fast you went, you feel great about it. Do it once a week, but it's a lifestyle change, right? So make sure you're spending the majority of your runs between zone four and zone three. Zone four is where you want to be. If you're trying to get like race pace, like this is where, uh, this is, I want to finish a 5k my zone four pace for uh, this time is going to be whatever. Like you want to make sure your heart rate stays in zone four for that. If you go to zone five, you're going too fast. You got to tone it back down. If you're training to, for cardiovascular health, there's really no reason to be in zone five. Most of the time you kind of want to just be in zone three. Um, running in zone three, unless you're like a super athlete is like 13, 14 minutes a mile. And there's no shame in that. It's just something you accept and you need to understand that it's good for you. It doesn't matter if you run a three minute mile or a 15 minute mile. Once you run a mile, you burn 300 calories, just about, I think it's like 270 or something. Mm -hmm. okay. It doesn't matter how fast you run it. You burn the same amount of calories. So don't think that in order to lose weight, I've got to run this faster. It doesn't matter. It's based on distance. It's not based on heart rate. It's not based on time. If you're worried about your weight, you're just looking at distance. And if you finish in an hour versus three minutes, it's the same amount of calories. Um, and I think, I think that addresses your question, Matt. So right. yeah, well, let me, let me give you my input here. Um, you're, you're not doing zone three running. If you were doing zone three running and you're out of shape and you you were out there every single day doing zone three, you can probably still manage to run for hours on end. Um, the problem is, is that you're not doing zone three running. Um, one of the biggest problems with 
fitness software and fitness devices is that you tend to get gauged up against people based on pace. And you have to understand that while Andy said that a zone three average uh, person's pace is about 13 minute mile, yours is not going to be anywhere close to the 13 minute mile right now. And if zone three for you right now means literally walking when you're running and you see your monitor starts ticking beyond that zone three, you have to stop running. You have to stop running and maintain a fast enough pace and walking to maintain that heart rate throughout the duration that you're going to walk or you're going to jog. You know, the run, walk, jog, the run, walk, run, walk pattern isn't, is, is not a bad thing because what you're trying to do is you're trying to main that zone of, uh, of what about, Yours is probably about in the 140 to 140, right? 130 to 150. Right. So if you're exceeding 150, then you're actually not trying to do a zone three because the only thing that you need to do to get the heart rate down is slow down or walk, right? So you have to get into that habit of saying, okay, well, if my goal is to build an aerobic base so that it can run further for longer time and eventually increase my speed. It, this is one of the most difficult things for runners that I know Andy and myself have dealt with when we were early runners is that slow and steady makes you run faster. Oh yeah, And, and that's, that's the thing is, is that you'll see that your zone three will, your pace will increase because your cardiovascular efficiency will increase. Now you say that you're out of shape, but the reality of it is, is that even if you start on zone three running, as soon as you start out running, your body has this idea that you're about to put into anaerobic workout. And until you allow yourself to run long enough in that zone for your body, say, wait a minute, we're doing aerobic workout. Your body will start feeling comfortable and you'll start be, there's a rule, right? Andy, as long as you can hold a good conversation, yep. you're not overexerting yourself. Conversation based. Yep. Right. So, you know, that's the thing is, is that you're right at that point where you can still hold a conversation with somebody else, but not so much where you're relaxing is that that's, that's kind of your perceived exertion that you need to be at. And it, you, you know, you can't look at our pace on our apps and say, Hey, you know, I need to be at that pace because you're never going to be able to build that foundation that you need to be an endurance runner. And don't worry about how you, you look, because I used to talk to myself on my runs. I used to literally just like take off my earbuds and just really? talk to myself. Yeah. Yeah. Because that was the only way I knew because when you're, when you're running, you have the earbuds on, you're going, you're like, you know, I feel good. But as soon as you start talking, you can't keep up anymore. You know, you're going too fast. Yeah, I started. I started taking Chinese lessons. Oh my! <laughs> so I'm like, uh, I can't even think of it now. But yeah, I <laughs> saying random Mandarin phrases <laughs> while I'm running. <laughs> well, I knew. Yeah. <laughs> well, guys, so so is that more? Oh, sorry. I just had one more quick question. Is it more important to stay in zone three than keeping a constant pace? If you're staying in zone three, you're more than likely keeping a constant pace. If you're staying in a constant pace for more than two miles, you'll likely get above zone three because of your cardiovascular health. Um, depending on where you are with your training, if you're just starting, you could be like half a mile before you get out of zone three. The, the idea is to be not 100% in zone three. The idea is to be almost like a pyramid into zone three. So if, if you're dipping down to 115 or you're going up to 160, 
it's not a big deal as long as you're trying to make sure that the majority of your time, and I'm saying like two thirds of your time is spent in zone three. It's not possible. It's might, it might be possible. It's not, it's not realistic to always want yourself to hundred percent be in zone three. Um, so if you find yourself catching in a zone four, don't, don't hurt yourself over it. Just slow down, walk. If you have to try not to walk, try just to jog a little bit slower. Um, but just slow yourself down get your heart rate going back to zone three. Uh, and and it'll, it'll improve a lot faster than it would be if you zone forward every single run or zone five zone five, every single run would actually make you go slower. And, uh, how long should I be running for? If I'm like doing zone three and zone four training, if you can't, if you can't sustain zone three, you should stop running. If you can't slow down and bring your heart rate back down to zone three within uh, three to four minutes, I'd say you're, you're done. Oh, but, but like more like total time. If I'm out, I'm out on the field and your I tell my family, is, Hey, okay. So if you, if you're, if you're running to run your time doesn't matter. You, the, the fact that you came out there, as long as you did more time this week than you did a month ago, you're doing great. Your, your time does not matter. If you're going out there for cardiovascular health, 30 minutes. 30 minutes. So I, I actually have a measure for this. Okay. And maybe it is, it doesn't apply to you, Matt. And Annie knows this very well with me is, is that the duration that you run is how many calories you can afford to buy because that shit's expensive. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. So anyways. Yeah. All right. All right, guys. Um, I'm going to wrap up the episode. That was a lot of fun. I really liked running. I hope I didn't get too hardcore with it. Uh, but thanks for sticking around. I hope we were able to give you an idea of what to expect. If you got into running, um, how you should approach it and what, what things you should look out for. That being said, Matt, what do you have for us uh, next week? Uh, I was thinking about talking about, um, my experience since I've been running a lot, I've been running a lot in the national parks in, in Singapore and just my, my general experience with it. And, um, and how Singaporeans in general um, um, experience the national parks here. Awesome. All hey, right. Before we get off, I got an idea for next week, and you guys can turn me down. Okay. Okay. I know we usually bring drinks to the table. You guys, uh, you guys ever seen this, uh, I, this little potato chip that people buy on Amazon? It's like a really, really spicy chip. No, but if no. you're talking about doing that for next <laughs> week, I'm down. Yeah, yeah. Would you be down, Matt? Yeah, I'm down for that. <laughs> yeah, I, I think we should start that. I next mean, it week might take and... three weeks to get to Matt, though. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, I was going to say, I was like, uh... <laughs> we'll, we'll look into it. But okay, yeah, yeah, all right, yeah, let's do all it. Right. All right, guys, that's, that's see you guys good. next week. Yeah, all right, yep, see you guys bye. next week. All right.